This is Aronco Public Radio, your favorite wrestling chat show, back for year two and a whole new format. So you're joining us as we individually review every X-Men comic, starting right now with Aroctoberfest, an episode every single day for the whole month of October. Today, we have a review double header. We're talking Jean Grey 1 and 2, written by Louis Simonson and drawn by Bernard Chang. Issue 1 started... At the moment, Jean died at the gala, and a beautiful montage showed her life flashing before her eyes before she seemingly visits the past to convince herself not to erase the original five's memories when they returned. All right. Hard pause. Hard pause. I'm going to explain that one because... Okay. So in 2012, to celebrate 50 years of X-Men, this new writer came on board. This dude, Brian Michael Bendis, shooting from the hips... Uh, he wrote a story where Beast went back in time and grabbed the original five X-Men. So we're talking Cyclops, mm -hmm. Beast, Jean Grey, uh, Iceman, and Angel, and yeah. brought them to the present day to meet the present selves and like judge where Mutant Dome had gone. They stuck around all the way to the extinction event in 2018 where they went back. But Jean agreed to kind of lock their memories away and... Then they unlocked in the adults at that exact moment. It was like this nice little bow to basically prevent all paradoxes that instead of like them being alternate versions of themselves, it was, oh no, they had always traveled forward in time and just Gene had wiped their memories away. So anyway, uh, in this new reality, young Gene takes this like totally authoritative role, blocking Xavier from reading the team's mind, nearly killing Magneto in a confrontation, uh, she insists the team starts taking this like more proactive role to the point where Xavier kicks them out and Hank builds her a Cerebro based on those they saw in the future and things go south. It escalates to Jean literally going and kidnapping young Kitty Pride, Danny Moonstar. Jean continues to spiral, eventually wiping Hank's mind and in a fit of rage calling upon the Phoenix. The X-Men, including Xavier and Magneto, wage war on her, causing her to concede that, oh, oops, maybe maybe this new timeline isn't the fix, and instead she'd go change another moment. So then issue two is her instead rewriting the original Phoenix story. We're talking X-Men 100 and 101. Instead of refusing, as she did 50 years ago, when Wolverine says, let me pilot the shuttle, she lets him. Uh, he survives, but he becomes the Phoenix, so he's like, oh, I'm going to get revenge. And Gene and Cyclops follow him to Weapon X, where he takes vengeance on the facility and begs Cyclops to kill him. So Cyclops like starts trying to kill him. And the Phoenix moves from Logan to Scott. And Gene is forced to kill them both and decides, oh, wait, maybe this isn't the moment to rewrite either. And then it looks like next issue involves young Miss Maddie Pryor. Yeah. So... I think I like that these are basically what if stories, but also like deep down in the back of our minds, we know she could actually do all these things we're seeing. Like if she wanted to go rewrite history, Jean Grey could fucking go rewrite history, right? Mm -hmm. But also we know this will probably impact how she actually comes back. So it feels like like somewhere between a bunch of what ifs. Like we're getting the what if darks right now, and some of these feel like they'd fit right in there without dark the stories get uh and the throwback minis that we hate so much except we know these are going to be super like there's going to be a big plot twist in here that's going to very seriously impact 
the real world the mutants yeah it's interesting because i think you nailed it with like part of it does feel like those throwback minis that we love to feel nothing about um but they are actually plot important now uh which is really that's an interesting kind of thing uh i you know i'm not big on reading solicits as you know so i didn't really know what to expect coming into this series and i don't think i was expecting uh essentially a series of what ifs i i think i had caught enough wind that i knew it was gonna be like in the past Mm -hmm. i definitely thought it was gonna be either like new stories like memories we didn't know about or yeah i i wasn't expecting it to straight up be these dark premonitions of what could happen we we don't really know maybe she really is rewriting history and then unrewriting history like because of the True. way the phoenix powers like we don't really know what the hell these are yet but um because she literally is like oh no that won't work either like i don't know to me it's kind of implying that this is actually happening but she's actually tampering with time and kind of like wiping away her mistakes when she realizes there are mistakes but either way i was I, I am shocked at how dark they really are that yeah they're not portraying they're portraying current gene in a positive light because she's realizing like oh no that's not the way to go but they aren't portraying historically gene in a positive light at all not at all i uh I was having a bit of a rough time with the first issue in particular. Like, not that it was bad, but I was just like, dear God. Like, yeah. with her just doing what she did to Magneto and to Hank and all that. See, it's interesting because I, I was going to say the opposite. I think we're inching towards the same thing. Mm-hmm. I really liked the first one for that because yeah. that was something so unexpected and it I, I wanted to see where the hell they were going with it. I really, I enjoyed the first issue a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I was very let down by issue two. Yes. Um, that, <laughs> it was I, so I, much less interesting to me. So much less. So <laughs> I think like I had a hard time with the first issue because it was like really heavy and really dark and like really intense, but it was good. Like I wanted to read the second one immediately and be like, all right, what's she doing next? What, what, what is her next newest, you know, darkest thing? And then I was just like, Oh, okay. I guess she doesn't really make a dark decision. Like, I I guess just literally knowing that Wolverine's going to have to go through something and letting him take the lead, but it's much more Wolverine story. And and not only and, that, but like it's a more logical decision when you think about it, considering that like, oh, he can heal himself. Yep. Maybe he's the one that should do this thing that could damage him. I it also like there's some weird stuff, and I think part of it is the fact that this is playing out in her head, which I know contradicts by like maybe it really is real thing. Like she had known Wolverine. Like, almost none. He didn't show up until about 10 issues before issue 100. And mm-hmm. she, Jean wasn't on the X-Men at the time. So the speed with which the story becomes, like, Cyclops saying, like, oh, she loves you, Logan. And I, I don't know. It just... 
issue two felt a lot less like it impactful to me than the first one. Like it felt very, it felt more like the throwbacks that we read. Like yeah. it felt like uh, it was, Oh yeah. Like all it, it's this surface level examination of these characters. There's nothing like exciting about like, what if Wolverine was the Phoenix instead of Jean? I don't know. I was very let down by issue two, but in both issues, the art slaps. Yes. I, especially the montages, whenever like the beginning of each issue where it's, it's, it's her showing the actual events from previous issues. Absolutely gorgeous. Uh, the whole, all of it looked great. Yeah, all of the art is absolutely beautiful. I will say, I would want, I would read an entire mini set in the first issues, like timeline with mm-hmm. both Magneto and Xavier, like in the chair, and like uh, there's something about the way Magneto is even taken aback by how quickly Gene falls to megalomania. That is just such a perfect scene. And I want more of that. And like, I get the premise of this book meant they had to move forward and jump to the next reality or whatever, but I would have loved to have lived in that a little bit longer. I agree. Cause like the moments where like Magneto was talking to her or talking to Charles about her. And it was like the, like you said, these moments of him being like, Oh wow. Oh, you know, like that stuff. I think there's a lot to explore there, you know, especially with her, you know, putting him in the wheelchair and all that. Like, ah, I just, there's so much interesting. What was it? Oh, Scott had a good line when she did it to beast where she was like, you something, something, his beautiful mind or whatever. Yeah. To Uh, such a beautiful mind. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Do this to such a beautiful mind. And it's like, "Mm, that was good. I want more of this world. (laughs) No, I, I, like I said, I could live in that world for a while, and instead we got punted to a much less fun world. Mm-hmm. Which, as we head into final scores, I guess I'll go first this time because I think yes. I kind of gave gave away the goat a little there. Yeah. I'd straight up, I'd give that first issue a four. Like I just, I, I really enjoyed it. I think it was a great issue one, uh, and I, I would two does very little for me. It, it the second issue drops to like a two. Okay. In my mind. Yeah. Um, I definitely, I agree with you on four for the first issue. I think it had all the makings of something I would want to see more of. Not quite a five. I feel like five is really reserved for those bangers of bangers among bangers, you know? Oh yeah. We're um, going to have to think of a fun name for when we both give them five. So they'll yeah. have to be like some elite <laughs> <Exactly>. club. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I'd say a three, maybe a two, five. You know, yeah. for the second issue, like a three or a two point five. That's um, fair. I, I was definitely extra angry at it, so I, I that is a fair fair score. Yeah, but it's definitely the weaker of the two so far. So I've been digging current day Maddie, so hopefully yeah. three will give us some something to look forward to. That, that's what I'm hoping. And as for you, you can look forward to another issue tomorrow. <laughs> This has been a Rocco Public Radio. Rod can be found at Irrepressible Comics or That Nerdy Papa Bear, and Keegan can be found everywhere online as Bulk Ranger. <laughs> <laughs>